What's the worst nightmare you've ever had? It's a recurring nightmare I get quite often. I'm not sure whether it's a spirit, a ghost, a devil, something. Something's at the end of my bed and it's telling me to come with it. And I can't move. That's, that's the scary thing is that I can't move. Okay. I, I want to yell out. I just want to, I want to scream. And nothing will come out. And this black, it's like a black hole at the end of the bed is coming closer and closer. And then all of a sudden, the sound comes out. And it's not, I'm trying to say, help, help, help. But that doesn't come out. It's just like, I wake up. There's nothing on the end of the bed, of course, but I'm drenched in sweat. Um, my heart's going crazy. I'm, I'm huffing and puffing. And I think the scariest thing about it is that it kind of makes me think about death. That's an example of a breakaway interview sequence from director Luke Sullivan's Reflections in the Dust. Hello, my name is Matthew Eels. In this episode of the Cinema Australia podcast, I'm joined by Luke and his leading man, veteran actor Robin Royce Kerry, who discuss those interviews as well as other behind-the-scenes stories from this brave, bold, ambitious, unsettling and highly disturbing apocalyptic drama. Anyway... Enjoy. He does have a conscience in some way, but he's kind of like a uh, just a, a madman who can out drink, out last, out out fun everyone all the time. Luke's interpretation of that was uh, probably more extreme than what I had written on the page or envisaged myself. The day that we were going out to shoot the open water scenes, we were told that there were some dead whale carcasses that were bringing in real tiger sharks and great white sharks, and they'd been sighted in the area. We were told not to go in the water. But I could just see instantly that how talented Rhiannon was, and there was just, it really blew me away. There is still a bit of a, a boys club out there for sure. And also with Dee Wallace, she gave me great input on the script for this to make her have a very pro-choice stance throughout the film. And the simple fact is, the movie, the whole thing occurs because a right-wing guy blows up a clinic. Very organically, somehow, the name The Comet Kids popped up. And we sort of just kind of based the movie around that name. Like, it happened really quickly. We kind of thought, like, that's a really great name for a movie. Like, what is, what, who are The Comet Kids? We just thought it was very, very important to uh, start writing more roles for women. And uh, women, not just, as I said, as girlfriends, mothers, and people in love, but women who are their own people as we are. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, Luke, uh, Robin, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. It's great to have you two with us. Pleasure. Uh, the film's uh, set to come out in a couple of days. How, how are you two feeling? 
Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> excited to see what the public think. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited, nervous, anxious, promoting hard, doing everything I can. Did you read and, the uh, review in the Australian this morning uh, on the weekend? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I went to the news agent yesterday and bought about twenty copies. The guy thought I was a psycho. <laughs> it was a very well written piece. Yeah, it was amazing. It was very good. I was so happy with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Luke, I want to get to know you a bit better as a filmmaker. Uh, you yeah, studied sure. at you studied at Afters, and uh, you've since uh, gone on to direct two feature films, including your debut. Uh, you're not thinking straight. Can you take yep. us back to your studies at Afters and uh, the pros and cons of being a part of that particular system? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. So um, I loved Afters. Like, it was great for networking and stuff like that. I met my longtime producer, uh, Giovanni Di Santolo, there on the first day. And, um, yeah, we hit it off immediately, like similar interests, similar personalities. And, um, yeah, he's been with me since day one. Like, he, um, he produced all my um, shorts at Afters. And then, yeah, obviously he was um, on board for You're Not Thinking Straight and Reflections too. So, um, yeah, from like a networking standpoint, like getting to um, meet like-minded people, it was incredible, like amazing. Um, But like conversely, I guess, you know, going to a place like that, they're going to teach you a certain way, you know what I mean? But they're going to very much be you got to do this, you got to abide by bloody Aristotle, storytelling techniques or the three-act structure. And um, I think, I, I guess that sort of approach may not lend itself well to people like me who maybe want to experiment more and push the boundaries. You might kind of get lost in that sort of system. So I guess if there was a negative, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of rules and they wanted to teach you a certain way. You know, they maybe weren't as encouraging of um, experimentation and breaking the rules, being the government film school, obviously. But with that being said, like amazing people were there. It was great, great for networking and um, the facilities and all that were A-class a, a too, amazing. So how would you describe yourself as a student then? Did you question those techniques that you were being taught? Yeah, yeah. No, we got in trouble a few times and stuff for sure. I remember um, once me and Giovanni and a few other people there who were quite friendly with too, we did this thing called like an ARG. I'm not sure if you know what that is. I don't, I don't know what it was. I didn't know what it was at first either, but basically um, it's like interactive, immersive storytelling where you kind of got to create like an immersive world that people can experience as part of a story. So think maybe like at like the Sydney Easter show, how you have to go through the horror house and people are jumping out at you. And it's like an amusement park ride sort of thing, you know, with actors and all that. So basically they made us do something like that, like kind of create that over the course of a week. And, you know, we did it and we made it about this um, kind of hard partying, drug taking sort of rock band. (laughs) And basically it's about like the interaction people had with them. And like, you know, we we all kind of played different characters from the rock band. And um, like we really got into it, but maybe a bit too much because like, um, yeah, we had like crazy um, language in it, like quite, I guess, offensive, dirty language. Um you know, like simulated drug use and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, like we were really proud of it and we thought, you know, we we're going to get amazing marks and stuff. But, yeah, we got in big trouble. You got told the- off for harsh language and simulated yeah, drug yeah, use yeah, in, yeah. A, in a project. And basically we were told that, um, yeah, like, you know, if we wanted to work in the industry, we couldn't be doing that. And obviously when you see reflections, um, we didn't 
take that advice at all because <laughs> the language is still there for sure. Uh, have you been keeping up to date with the careers of any of the other filmmakers that you started with during that time? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, they all seem to be doing really well. Um, Jack Atherton, who I study with, is um, currently a critic for our FBI radio. Oh, wow. I saw him interviewing uh, Jamie Lee Curtis the other day for Halloween, so that's incredible. Mm, fantastic. Yeah, a few others are working for Disney and stuff like that too. Like, yeah, they were a really lovely bunch of people and we all really got along well. It was a great community. I loved it there, yeah, for the most part. That's great. Uh, Robin, take us back to the start of your career. How did you become involved in acting? Ah, Back to the start. My God, have you got two hours? (laughs) (laughs) It's a long time ago. Um, I've always loved films and as soon as I left high school, I got into acting with theatre because I'm from Christchurch and there weren't any films going on in those days. Changed a bit now, of course, in New Zealand. But uh, I just started out doing amateur dramatics and uh, went on from there. Uh, so you had a role in You're Not Thinking Straight. Uh, when did you first meet Luke and, and what was your in, uh, your first impression of him? Uh, I think I, I got the audition through Star Now, didn't I, Luke? I can't remember. Yeah, it was Star Now, yeah. Yeah, and met, met him on the audition, and I was playing a transvestite hooker. <laughs> so, you know, that's the kind of role that somebody of my age doesn't get very often, and I just wanted <laughs> I just wanted it. And I think we kind of clicked a bit there, and I did that little role. So when he sent me the script for Reflections, I read the first page <clears throat> and rang him and said, what were you on when you wrote this? I want to be in it. Just... <laughs> you want to be in it or you want to be on it? <laughs> no, both. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, that's it. So you have uh, now, uh, you have uh, 92 acting credits to your name, according to your uh, IMDb profile. IMDb, and that, yeah, and that's that in- last week's. <laughs> that includes uh, Rake and, and Baz Luhrmann's Australia. How would you compare Luke to other filmmakers that you've worked with in the past? Different. That's why I love him. Mm. What he said about the rules and and, and afters and all that kind of thing. I've never been one to go by rules either. I've gone, I've always strayed off the path. I find it's much more interesting. Mm. And being a person of more mature years, you know, most people think it's to be on the path and we should stay on the path, but the path is usually pretty boring. I like exploring in the bushes. (laughs) Uh, I get the feeling that this won't be the last time you two work together. Well, I hope not. I've Definitely. already asked him as he's writing the no, next one. No, for sure. Absolutely. Every film. <laughs> um, uh, Luke, uh, can you describe Reflections in the Dust to us uh, in your own words? Yeah, for sure. So basically um, what I wanted to do with Reflections was tackle a very gritty, um, serious issue in this country at the moment, but I didn't want to do it in a one-dimensional, overly realistic way. Like, I didn't want it just to be another gritty tale in the suburbs of Sydney, which is totally realistic and grounded in reality. I wanted wanted it to have more of, like, a European arthouse sheen, you know? Like, I kind of wanted the bogan vernacular, and I wanted it, you know, to be gritty and, like, you know, full-on, but I didn't want it to actually appear realistic. I wanted it to have, like, a European arthouse feel. I wanted to blend those two styles And um, basically my reasoning for doing that is because I think, you know, Australian cinema is quite boring for the most part. Like I think people aren't out there taking risks and they're not experimenting and I think, um, you know, pushing the boundaries is vital to uh, progressing the art form. You know, I think it's necessary and I think um, there should be more out there doing that in Australian cinema at the moment and, you know, 
I kind of want to spur it on. Mm, good, fantastic. You're, yeah. you're just what we need at the moment. Uh, can you tell us a bit about the, the film's uh, synopsis and, and uh, what people are going to see when they're watching it? Oh, they're going to see some crazy, crazy shit. I'll tell you that for sure. Um, like for the most part, the film is a two-hander between Rob and Sarah Hubo. Um, and yeah, basically it follows or kind of is a, um, it's like a chronicle of their relationship. Um, he plays a paranoid schizophrenic clown and she plays his blind daughter mm. and they live in this, um, this post-apocalyptic version of Australia, essentially. Um, the apocalyptic event isn't directly uh, referenced or spoken about, but you know something like bloody bads happened. Mm. And yeah, basically they're living on the edge of this uh, desolate swamp in rural Australia with a bunch of um, just crazy kind of broken people and they're, you know, struggling to survive. And um, yeah, his daughter, um, Freckles, played by Sarah, um, the whole kind of thing is based around her, uh, you know, kind of dreaming of what may exist beyond this abusive relationship and beyond this uh, wasteland she unfortunately finds herself in. And, yeah, it's intense. It's full on. Um, it's it's insane. You know, I think it's going to be a very love or hate film when it comes out this Thursday. Mm. I'm prepared uh, for that. You've said that you hope the film will boost awareness of violence against women in Australia and, uh, and yeah. you've decided to donate your share of ticket sales on International Women's Day to Rise Up Australia. Uh, it yeah. sounds like you hold this very serious issue very close to your heart. Why? I mean, it's just, uh, I don't think, like, you read stuff in the, in the news and stuff that, like, a, a woman dies once a week at the hands of a man just due to a senseless, stupid act of violence. And I just don't think that's right. I think that's reaching epidemic proportions, frankly. You know, I think that's an incredibly serious and disgraceful thing. You know, I think it's just a disgrace to the nation, you know. And when I read that, like, it just, it makes me just want to, um, you know, do my best and use my talents and what I do to contribute to the conversation, you know, raise awareness, but then also, you know, try to make real world change in a, in a, in a small way as well by donating the ticket sales. Mm. You know, it fires me up, you know, it's a serious issue and it's not right. Yeah, and I think those are the best kind of films, you know, which kind of delve into a dark underbelly mm. of society and shed a light on it. Uh, Robin, your character is the epitome of toxic masculinity in this film. Can, oh, yeah. you, de can you describe the clown for us and, and how you prepared to bring this character to life? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, they asked me at the Sci-Fi Festival how I prepared for the role. I really didn't. Um, it was just all in the script and I let it all out on the day. I mean, he's, he's horrible. He's like a character I've never played before. And it's so intense. I, I was shocked when I saw the film for the first time. I was how intense it was. It just blew me away, and I'm in it. Mm. Um, I just, you know, as an actor, I, I like to to go with my instincts. So I don't really do a whole lot of preparation on any type of role, but particularly this one, I knew it was going to be high energy and let it all hang out, and that, that's what I went for. Uh, Luke, you've, you've said that you wanted the character of Freckles to be authentic and not just another plastic and beautiful movie star. Uh, did yep. you have Sarah in mind from the beginning? No, no, I didn't. So, yeah, like I always knew that I wanted um, whoever played Freckles to be quirky and different. Mm. But, um, yeah, it wasn't actually intended for like a disabled individual. Mm. You know, I was just kind of looking for someone who fit the part. And um, I was watching uh, SBS's The Feed that TV show. Mm. And, um, yeah, there was an interview with Sarah 
on there. I think she was talking about like her traveling circus show that she does. Mm. And um, like the second I saw her on that show, like she struck me. She had such a presence on the screen. She was so captivating. And yeah, from that moment I knew I wanted her. So, um, yeah, I reached out to her online through Accessible Arts Australia. Um, we organised a kind of, I guess, meeting slash audition, quite informal. Um, we talked for hours about the film. She dissected the whole bloody script. Um, I didn't even think she really liked it, honestly. <laughs> she was going, you know, questioning this and this. And, yeah, so we had this, like, three-hour meeting and then, um, yeah, she left, didn't really give me an indication that she wanted to be involved. So I was pretty much ready to move on and find someone else. But then, you know, a few days later, gave me the call and said, fuck it, let's do it. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, so, yeah, it really (laughs) panned out well, yeah. I'm not sure what the film would be without her, honestly. She's definitely just amazing in it. Did you have a backup plan? And her chemistry with, with Rob too. Her chemistry with Rob is just out of this world. Like I don't think anyone else could share that. Honestly, I couldn't picture it. Uh, Robin, uh, your relationship with Freckles in the film is is intimate. It's confronting and disturbing. Yeah. Did you and Sarah spend some time getting to know each other before you started filming? No, again, no, not no? at all. Um, we met on the way over to the first day of shoot, pretty much. Wow. Um, mm? well, that's incredible. Yeah, but we just hit it off, and she's she's just gorgeous to work with. She's yeah, inspirational, really. She's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did hit it off, and she's got a great sense of humour, and I don't take this kind of thing very seriously. I've, or, <laughs> I always like to have a bit of a laugh on set, and even though this is so intense and horrible at times, I would usually come up with a, a line after we stopped shooting, which would crack her up incredibly. So, <laughs> you know, we just we just had that. That chemistry there right from the word go. What was the line? Can you tell us, or is that too personal? No, not, not one particular line. It was right. I'm, I'm terrible. I like to throw in lines all over the place. <laughs> um, Especially uh, when you're doing an intense scene like some of the stuff is, you, you've got to you've got to come out of it afterwards. Otherwise, you just go crazy like the clown. It's, yes. You know, mm. I, I just like a good laugh. Um, Stephen Curry told me once that he and Ashley Cummings would sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow together after filming scenes in Hounds of Love because it would help them yeah it would help them let go of any tensions that they'd carry uh, through their characters did yeah, you and the yeah. did, did you guys uh, do anything to lighten the mood once the cameras stopped rolling during the shoot well we just got together and had a bit of a giggle I suppose and you know if something had gone wrong in the scene we'd discuss that or just maybe look at the, the, the absolute ridiculous side of the scene that we were doing, which is so intense, and just get a bit of a laugh out of that. And um, we would go home and have a bit of a scotch together. Oh, fantastic. Mm. I, I, smoked, met- I smoked about 40 cigarettes a day. I'd Did say. you? <laughs> What's interesting is that every uh, behind-the-scenes shot that I've seen of you, Luke, you have a cigarette in your hand. Yeah, it was a running (laughs) joke. By the end of it, me and Giovanni were just chain-smoking. Like, my God, felt so unhealthy after. I had to detox, honestly. But, like, yeah, I guess everyone has their crutch, right? Mm, That's right. (laughs) You're listening to the Cinema Australia podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at cinemaaustralia.com.au. There was a challenge that, that you guys faced during the shoot. Uh, can you tell yeah. us about the, the flood and, and what it meant for production? 
Oh, it was absolutely insane. Let me tell you, like literally we rocked up on set the day after this huge storm and the whole set was flooded. Like it was hip deep water and we were halfway through the shoot. Like we literally had to swim out into the dam and recover all the props, all the unit tent stuff. And like at that point, it definitely crossed my mind. I'm like, is this going to be possible to finish? Like I really seriously thought. And then, you know, we just kind of had to be flexible, I guess, and think on our feet. And basically, you know, on that morning, I rewrote a big apocalyptic storm into the story. And then, you know, we just rolled our sleeves up and basically shot the rest of the film in hip deep water. And I think we had three bloody days to go. Like yeah. we were just out there freezing. <laughs> but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, like way out there. Yeah, like we had this $10,000 camera, like just holding it over the water. Like it was ridiculous. Uh, Robin, tell us about uh, your experiences there. When we came back and saw the whole thing was underwater, I thought, there's no way we're going to finish this. We'll have to put it off for a month and it dries out and rhubarb, rhubarb. And Luke said, no, 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 this looks great. We'll just incorporate it. And then when I saw what he'd done in the film to bring it in, it's just fabulous. It's just, he just grabbed it with both hands and stuck it in and said, this is the part of the film. And it's absolutely the right part for a storm and a flood. It just works so well. It's great. Sometimes these things are meant to happen. Wasn't too great. Yeah, meant to be, for sure. Wasn't too great walking around in deep water, though, I tell you, (laughs) trying to act. And it was cold, apparently. Yeah, it was a bit nippy after that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the film is broken up with these uh, captivating breakaway interview sequences where Luke interviews both Sarah and yourself, Robin, and and asks questions like, uh, why don't you believe in love and and what's the worst nightmare you've ever had? Uh, Luke, why did you decide you wanted to include these breakaway scenes? Well, the script originally was just the fictional part of the story, just the black and white sequences. Mm. And, like, you know, when I'm making a film or when I'm doing anything, I'm constantly looking for a way to push the boundary and make it just that little bit more controversial or that little bit more crazy. Mm. And I was brainstorming. Like, this was just only a few weeks before the shoot. I'm thinking, like, what can I do? You know, I think it needs something extra. I think it needs something to give it a bit more authenticity, you know, when you're delving into such a serious matter here. Mm. And um, I was just like... Fuck, how about we just bring a bit of documentary into it? Yes. You know, like I came up with this idea where, like, basically I ask Rob and Sarah um, personal questions about their life, like as individuals, not as the characters. Yeah. And then basically sort of um, shape the uh, fictional story around their responses. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it was a crazy, abstract, out there idea. Like, I remember I told Giovanni and my cinematographer, and they thought I was absolutely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, I insisted we had to do this documentary thing. So we went to this um, studio in Surrey Hills and we did it. Right. How, how long ago? How, was, it, was that during the shoot or was it after the shoot? Or it was when, before was the it? shoot. It was the first shoot day. Right, right. Yeah, um, first shoot. So, Robin, how prepared were you for the questions that, that Luke asks? Oh, uh, look, again, it was all supposed to be uh, our experiences off the top of our head. So that's, that's the way I like to do it. Um, I knew the questions he was going to ask, but I really didn't have any idea of how to reply. One of them, I had an idea of what I would say, but um, because the way Luke does it, he just lets you go, and that's great. That's the way I love it. Mm. Just, just go for it. Some of the questions take out the best bits. Some of the questions are quite personal. Uh, Was there anything that you were worried about um, being seen on screen by friends and family or anything like that? Um, there is one, I, I actually can't remember whether you've put it in, Luke, the one, my day on the beach. Yeah, it's in there, yeah, first five minutes. 
Yeah, okay. That was one where I was molested on the beach as a small kid. Mm. Um, I knew that's what I wanted to tell, but I wasn't sure after I'd done it <laughs> how it would go down. But apparently it's, uh, it's been accepted quite well. So. Stunning. Wow. Yeah, you know, I think that was actually the first scene we shot in the whole movie. Right. Yeah, I think and it like was. literally yeah. after we shot it, you could hear a pin drop after in that studio. Everyone was like, "Holy shit!" Wow, yeah, like it was tense. Yeah, and I kind of knew we had something special from that moment. Personally, actually, like the the, the rawness of that interview was insane. And I, I could hear the silence, so I just yeah. said, "Well, Crazy. that's actually a true story." By by the way, <laughs> and everybody wow. went, "Ooh!" So, uh, w- were they quite uh, therapeutic for you then? Um, that one was particularly. The other ones, um, not really. They were just kind of stories. Yeah. Mm. But that one was. Um, uh, Luke, you launched the promotional campaign for Reflections in the Dust uh, with an attack on Screen Australia and, <laughs> yes. and, and the government funding body's lack of interest in this film. Uh, this is a bold move for a young filmmaker. Would you agree? Yeah, it is for sure. Um, I mean, it isn't just in regards to funding. Yeah, um, yeah like various things have been done. Um, they know what they've done. Mm. I'm not stupid. I know what they've done. Mm. And, like, I'm just going to leave it at that, really. Mm. Right. <laughs> Good idea. Um, so, so you stand by the comments that you've made, uh, that they waste taxpayer money on, on painfully safe movies? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, mm. for sure. I think they definitely should be encouraging... Um, yeah, more experimentation and, you know, I think they should definitely be more interested in, you know, new and upcoming talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Screen Australia have funded some incredible films recently. Uh, that oh, don't... yeah, don't get me wrong, they have. Yeah, some have mm. been amazing. Like I've loved Sweet Country and Ladies in Black. Like, you know, some have been really good still. But um, I just think for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, other than uh, those two films, what are some of your other favourite Australian films from the last few years? Um, Samson and Delilah is one of my all-time favourites. I remember watching that when I was 14 years old mm. and, like, holy shit, that film just struck me. Like, the the rawness of it and the authenticity, again, was just amazing. And, like, that was honestly one of the first films which really, like, made me realise that I wanted to be a storyteller, I wanted to be a filmmaker. You know, I remember the feeling when I walked out of that cinema. It was crazy. So um, that's a big one for me. Like, that's an incredible film. I love Warwick Thornton. Hope to meet him one day. Oh, he's a terrific guy. Yeah. Um, Robin, uh, how about you? Do you keep up to date with uh, the Australian film industry and and what's coming out? Oh, absolutely. I Mm. I belong to AACTA and go to all the screenings for the awards. Mm. Uh, Well, say all. I think I watched about 27 out of the 36 films this year. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm just a movie buff and I I watch anything and everything. But I do agree with Luke's comments. Some of the funding you think, hmm, how do they get money for that? Right, right. <laughs> mm. So what have been some of your favourite films? Um, uh, Ladies in Black, like yeah. Luke said, it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweet Country, I haven't watched yet. I've got it but haven't got around to watching it. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. Um, honestly, I, I, you're talking to an old folk, yeah. <laughs> My memory's not what it, what it should be when it comes to remembering names. But there were, there were three or four in the Actor Awards that I thought were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got to say, only three or four out of the 26 that I watched. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, Robin, so you've got uh, a few interesting projects coming up, including uh, the horror film The Walkers and a gangster thriller called uh, Greed. Uh, what can you Greed, tell us about? Greed, yes. What can you tell us about those? Um, well, The Walkers is 
Um, the Walkers is a zombie type thing, you know, like The Walking Dead sort of thing. And I play, oh, again, the old guy in it who's trying to keep everybody alive. Um, the other one, Greed, is a totally different role from Reflections, obviously. In fact, anything, anything would be different from Reflections. But I play a mafia type uh, boss who's, you know, he's, group is trying to be taken over by another group, the usual stuff, but uh, the bits I've seen looks pretty good. I'm waiting. I can't wait to see it. Fantastic. So is this a, a, a gangster? Are you not uh, using any uh, dodgy American accents or anything, are you? It's all Australian? Um, no, it's all Australian, which is great, because uh, that was the first thing I said when we started rehearsals. Do you want American on this? I hope not. <laughs> uh, no, it's all Aussie. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah. And Luke, I, I know you're very much absorbed in this film right now and its upcoming release, uh, but what's on the horizon for you? Yeah, so um, I was recently shortlisted for the um, Cannes Symphondation Residency in Paris um, with a project that I've been developing. Um, it's top secret at the moment, but, yeah, so they showed a lot of interest for that last year. Um, I didn't actually make the final cut because I didn't actually have a completed script because, like you said, I was so absorbed with reflections. I just didn't have the time. Yeah. I was in bloody Estonia at the time, I think, or something. But, um, yeah, like, I talk to them all the time. Like, they love me. I love them and we want to make it happen. So, um, yeah, when I'm done with this, I want to give a bit more attention to that project and hopefully, um, you know, go on to develop it with them and, you know, make something beautiful, make something oh, amazing. Fantastic, mate. That's great news. Yeah. Go to bloody Khan. <laughs> so don't I forget me. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, I take it that you're not the kind of filmmaker who wants to head off to make the next Marvel film? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one day. I mean, you know, if they let me do my own spin and, you know, kind of do it with my own approach, I'd consider it. But, you know, I think that would be unlikely. Transvestite Captain America. <laughs> Hey, that'd be cool. I reckon that'd be amazing. You might be onto something there, Robin. Yeah. yeah. Might steal that now. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure talking with you. Thank you very much uh, for joining the podcast. No, Can thanks I just so much, say one thing? Yes, you, go ahead. Particularly to you, Cinema Australia, but mm. some of the other cinema papers and magazines, Film Inc. and those kind of guys, for supporting us and putting out those lovely items. Um, it's great. Thank you very much. Yeah, that, really appreciate it. That's no problems at all. That's what we're here for. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Australia podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud. For all the latest Australian film news, reviews, features and interviews, you can visit www.cinemaaustralia.com.au. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube at Cinema Australia.